Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at a little four-game slate tonight on Thursday, Nate. In this one, taking a look at the defending champs taking on those Miami Heat at home in Golden State. Pretty big number on that one that we'll jump into here. Want to make sure you are liked and subscribed to that page. Continue to follow along with us. We are bringing you these videos each and every weekday of this regular season. Also have our great odds finder tool up on thelines.com. That's where we can also get all of our great written content. And use that odds finder tool to make sure you are shopping those lines and NBA player props to the best of your ability. Also have that player props video up for you you guys about 12 and 2 in our last three nights definitely want to make sure you check that one out Nate let's go ahead and jump into the lines for tonight and get into that Miami Golden State game yeah it starts with the other game we break down Dallas is minus two and a half at Brooklyn with the Nets on a back-to-back after losing Milwaukee last night Clippers minus six and a half at the Thunder although we don't know if PG Kawhi or Marcus Morris will be back for that game Memphis is minus three and a half at Sacramento biggest total of the night there is 236 with Ja and D Fox going head to head. And then Miami, the game we're talking about, it was plus seven and a half, now down to plus six and a half, because we both thought that seems too high, uh, even with Miami on a back to back after winning in Portland last night. Totals at 227 fluctuated a little bit, but uh, the main thing here is the Warriors have such a bad defense right now that I don't see how you feel good about the over or under. Um, honestly, uh, I, I can't take the under because the Warriors defense is below average. Can't take the over because Miami doesn't usually play that way. Um, but I can take the heat to cover the spread. And I think the way you do attack that is by taking the heat over one Oh nine and a half, their team total. Uh, <clears throat> the Warriors have a one fifteen defensive rating. So if we have a hundred possessions in this game, it stands to figure, Miami's going over that. The short rest is less of a concern because they just straight up handled business in Portland uh, and no starter played over 29 minutes there. They were sort of peeking ahead to this one. Um, And it was really efficient bully ball from the Heat. It's what you'd like to see if you're a Heat fan. They they, They were real slow in their first two games of the season that beat Toronto, lost to Toronto, and then shut down um Warriors team that a Blazers team that was 4-0 Damian Lillard got hurt but they had 52 paint points they had 15 offensive rebounds shot 50 percent 34 assists on 44 made field goals with six guys and double figures that's Miami Heat basketball right and it's the points off turnovers that really peak your ears up if you're looking at them uh handling business against the Warriors because their turnover rate again third highest in the league right that's that's their bane. They've the Heat have also done a really good job on Steph. I don't know how much that is Steph missing shots, but I mean, or how much of it is Spo drawing up a great way to defend him. But in his last four home games, under 19 points per game, shooting 31% of the field and 27% from three. Jordan Poole has gone off against this Heat defense recently, but his defensive rating is atrocious, which I'm sure you're gonna get into here. And yeah, the biggest difference is that second unit for the Warriors is terrible this year. Uh, and the Heat looking pretty deep uh, <clears throat> with guys like Struess and Vincent stepping up last year due to injury. They have a pretty good bench unit. They can always shift Tyler Hero there. I think they stay in this game one way or another. And I think they get to 110 against uh, what's one been one of the worst defenses in the league thus far. 
Yeah, easily one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, I'll just get right into it since you teed me up to, to talk about that bench being so bad on defense right now. It's, we talked about it the other night, third worst. Right, they were fifth. Now they're third worst um, in terms of defensive rating for a bench unit. Pool offensive rating right now is a 96 awful 118 defensive rating, probably worse and more impactful than that awful uh, offensive rating is that defensive rating for him. Wiseman has looked good. I'm not going to pick on the dude. I mean, it's finally getting NBA action. He's a big body and he's showing that he can like be on an NBA floor and produce, but an 87 offensive rating with a 123 defensive rating, it's got to, that's got to change as well. So, you know, that, that second unit and the depth of the dubs that, that people love to talk about so much as a, as a strength has been a complete weakness for them this season. Um, and then, yeah, you know, everything to do with their defensive rating. I, I think just to be very clear, my, my, my sort of angle in this game, I love 109 and a half for the heat. That's my favorite bet along with you, with your favorite bet. Um, I will say seven and a half, six and a half too much. I also lean over all the way up to like 228, which is about what it's at right now, um, because of the fact that, you know, you said you don't trust the over nearly. I definitely don't trust the under. First of all, let's make that very clear. I'm taking zero Golden State unders until they can hold somebody to like a to better than 110 points. They, they allowed 109 to the Lakers. Right. And then after that, they've, they've allowed uh, a bunch more points. What, like 128 to the uh, to the, the the Nuggies when they lost. They beat the Kings, but gave up 125. They just gave up 134 to the Suns. Like, I'm not not taking an under on this team you know at, at any point until they start showing anything like that even though at home they were an incredible defensive t- team last season for the first half of it they were the best defensive team in the league at home and a top five defensive team in the league draymond got a little hurt other things happened that that's really start to stem their their momentum um and, and that's really what happened to them so i i lean over because of the fact that also um miami last year on the road was an over machine compared to what you would expect 29 and 20 that was something that we targeted a lot uh, to the over last year was miami on the road um and my and Gold Golden State at home, uh, especially as the home as the home favorite, 21 and 29 to the over. So, you know, they, they're not nearly. But that was last year when they were playing defense at home. So that's that's kind of the, the end of the point there. Yes, they were good on defense or at least um, they, they were more hitting the unders at home where the, the dubs last season. But right now, like I said, there's there's zero reason to feel good about uh, their ability to stop anybody. Uh, Miami, uh, as you said, is is completely rested and a team that, you know, they give up some turnovers, which is how the Dubs score. I think there's something to be said for that. Right now, the Dubs are getting all their points off fast break or at least off of, you know, turnovers, really. Even if it's not considered a fast break, a lot of it is helter skelter uh, people, you know, other teams losing the shooters. And then that's how they're scoring because their efficiency on offense is way higher in the, in transition right now than it is uh, in the half court, which is like a bottom 10 half court off. I, I swear to you, like a bottom 12 half court offense right now according to advanced stats is the, the the Golden State Warriors whereas you know when they're in transition which is different than a fast break to be clear fast break is like you have a clear advantage on offense against a, a one or two defenders that are able to get back and you have two or three offensive guys going forward right that's that's a fast break the transition is just we got a rebound everybody's on their way back to the defensive side of the court for the other team and they're losing guys in transition and that's the only way that they've been able to score because you have Steph Curry you have Jordan Poole and you have Klay Thompson but if that's going to be what you depend on especially with such a porous defense then it seemed like Miami is going to be able to take care of the ball well enough to shred you and know that if they just don't turn the ball over, they're at least keeping this thing very, very close. Yeah, you make a great point about their half-court offense because fourth quarter scoring is a key stat here. I mean, Miami is the number one fourth quarter defense right now, and they're only scoring the second fewest points in the fourth quarter. So I think if you're looking at a total here for this game, if you're looking at live betting it because you're going to be watching, it's going to be the late game here. Uh, you let it get, let the total creep up early on if you can. 
and then bet the under in terms of a live betting uh, in terms of that fourth quarter, slowing it down and the heat having an advantage there. Also interesting. You talk about how bad they've been at on defense lately. The Warriors, um, especially at home and Draymond being such a key aspect of that. I wonder how much of it is just that preseason um, punch, you know, and how, how hard it is for him to be the general and rally guys around him when he cold cocked one of his teammates and uh, lost a lot of respect in that regard. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a growing process. I mean, the championship hangover plus that makes you not really trust the Warriors to come out. And, and while the Heat have shown a, a, a history of struggling on these West Coast road trips uh, on short rest, on not covering, they were 16-8 and eight as road dogs last year. And I think they will have – this is a circled game, right? When Anytime you go up against the defending champs, you're going to come with it. And, and um, I think, again, the fact that they were able to coast in the fourth quarter last night at Portland makes me feel like they have enough rest that Jimmy will be ready to go and that they should be able to cover in this one, if not win. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And uh, I just, I forgot one point I wanted to make, too, because you brought up earlier that uh, you weren't really quite sure if Spo or or what was the true reason behind Steph sort of struggling for, you know, for Steph um, against these Heat. And I, I mean, yeah, he's he's facing a ton of double teams when he when he does play the Heat. I think they're, they're well aware that, like, they need to trap him 35 feet from the basket. It doesn't work if you wait for him to get 30 feet and, and trap him. Um, and so that, that's clearly what you're going to see is some high uh, some high traps as soon as he gets over the court, the the. The, the halfway court half court line, excuse me, Jesus Christ. But like the, the idea that um, once he does that, he's not going to be able to be able to get bailed out by guys like uh, by clay uh, right now, who is just abysmal from deep uh, got kicked out of that Phoenix game. Um, and, 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 you know, it's just 30, what is he? 28% from deep so far, 34% from the field overall is clay. He's had a history of starting slowly. Um, but if you're playing a, a good defensive team, like the heat who are, are ready with a very clear game plan for Steph, then yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not feeling nearly as good about the Warriors' ability to, uh, to to win this game by seven or eight points. That just seems way too high right now. So, I mean, this is part two of fade Brooklyn because they can't get a rebound. That's basically the title to this show. Um, they, once again, played pretty well, efficiently on offense, and actually their best defensive performance of the year by far. Um, they came to play against the Bucks for sure, trying to show that they had something against many people's title favorites. Um that's going to hurt them on the very next night here because Katie and Kyrie both played 39 minutes. So I, I'd be very, I'd be concerned. I don't know if one of those guys might just sit for rest, uh, especially if you fly back across the country. And in any case, yeah, they, they played well defensively, 107 defensive rating, which is way down from their horrendous 125 in the first three games. Held Milwaukee to 28% from three, but they lost because they got crushed on the boards, which is exactly what we said yesterday in that video that they, even when they held Milwaukee down, they lost 17 was the rebounding advantage. And if you get Giannis just waltzing to the rim for 43 points, you can't win games that way. <clears throat> you can't win games that way, as I say, again, with clear throat. Uh, and then, yeah, you talk about the Nets, you're like home court advantage. Well, not at all last year, nine and 34 against the spread. There's probably going to be more individual Luca fans from the Brooklyn, uh, greater New York area than there are Brooklyn Nets fans. I mean, Luca is a, a major ticket is it's true people. I mean, that's how it is. That's how the NBA works these days. And that's how 
people target buying tickets to certain games. So <clears throat> yeah, the Nets bad at home, bad on short rest last year. Again, I'm I'm going back to that as a concern here. They were three and eleven straight up on back to backs. They were ten and eighteen straight up when they're underdogs. They're plus two and a half here. Uh, if you're gonna and no, I'm not even going to say it, but I mean, the money line is where you would go with the Nets. You're not going to take that spread if you think that they can pull out of it. I mean, they did show some signs of life at, at least trying to compete and being a little bit more cohesive and, and they just lost to the Bucks. But but yeah, again, no rebounds. You're not going to get any wins. Uh, still averaging about 29 defensive rebounds per game, which is a ridiculously low amount. Still one of the worst three point defenses in the league despite Milwaukee missing a bunch uh because they're shorthanded on the wing and Dallas is a team that thrives so spreading you out hitting threes uh, I think Dallas should win this game and I think they're being undervalued just because it was one of those stars out bets up situations right against no love without Zion and Ingram um I mean Nola has so much more depth than Brooklyn just unbelievably far, far deeper and more cohesive and a much better coach in Willie Green. So I, I'm i not going to fade the Mavs just because they lost that game. Uh, still the uh, number one rebounding team in the league. And when you have that big of an advantage over the Nets, I will take them in this matchup. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it seems fair. I, I, I kind of wish I would have stuck to my guns when we were talking about that um, that Dallas New Orleans game a few nights ago. And, and just when we said stars out bets up, it was like, we did all this research to talk about why the, the Mavs would, would basically handle the Pellies. And then in the middle of the video, we were like, ah, crap, wait, <laughs> this feels like a trap now. Where once we realized that the guys like, you know, uh, like Trey Jones and other guys are going off for, for New Orleans all night. Um, and so you, you worry a bit more about Trey, Trey Murphy, rather, excuse me, but you worry a bit more about what, um, you know, what's going to happen in those situations when, when guys like Luca and Christian Wood came out slow and they got punched right in the mouth. Well, Wood didn't even play until the second quarter, but they got punched right in the mouth right away. Um, and, and that's really what led to them needing to crawl all the way back from like a 20 point deficit, getting all the way back and then not realizing that the Pellies were still good enough to, to finish the game. I say all that just to say that's why this spread probably is even a little bit lower than it is. It's why like I don't really feel as worried about a trap game uh, for Dallas in a situation where they don't like last night was a trap game for the Bucks, uh, right? We talked about it. It was a situation where, um, you know, Brooklyn probably was at the very least had this game circled very hot, you know, very bold on their calendar. KD definitely wants another shot at them. He came out and scored 33 points, but it's also the way he did it. He forced it. He wanted to win that game so bad that he shot 41% from the field uh, and went one for four from three because he just wanted to go, 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 go. They gave him their best shot and Milwaukee still was able to, despite turning the ball over, not shooting well on offense, not playing well on defense at all in the first half, was still able to pull out a, a, an 11 point victory. So it's a similar type of thing tonight where there's a team that's much better than the other team uh, with a, a bunch more depth and a bunch more three point defense and three point shooting um, than, than the Nets. And that and that's the Mavs tonight. And that's why they're, you know, they're playing Mavs basketball in a lot of ways by not turning the ball over, playing incredibly slow, um, playing with, you know, basically a top 10, top 12-ish defense in the league right now, um, and have not taken a single step back from losing any of the guys they lost last year, including Jalen Brunson, who is doing very well in the Knicks. Great trade, but they didn't need another point guard like Jalen Brunson the way they needed another guy to come in and be able to score off of Luka, making him the third most efficient pick-and-roll guy in the league so far this year, which he's always going to be up there, and his usage in that play type is always going to 
to be there. Um, but he's never had Christian Wood. Kristaps Porzingis was somebody they thought could be that. Clearly was not. And Christian Wood's coming in and doing exactly what he's expected to do. Crash the offensive bl- the glass after screening for Luka or get the ball on a pop or get the ball on a roll. It's it's really, really pretty to watch. We talked about it the other night. We also you know, went ahead and got those Christian Wood uh, props uh, for ourselves as, as they still remain pretty low. We'll probably talk about him again pretty soon. Um, and, and look, 62, 61, 63 splits, which is hilarious that the man can't make a free throw while he's shooting 62% from the field and 61% from three. They still aren't giving him any minutes, right? He still only played like 28 minutes last last game. If you saw Mavs Twitter was on fire <laughs> talking about J Kid not playing Christian Wood and begging them to put their second best player in the game. And when he did, they were super efficient, but I, I, he might need to play increase those minutes for Wood um, because the, the minutes that they that they played without him on the floor, their net rating was like 10 points worse than the, the, the moments that he's on the floor. Like, I, I know that stats aren't everything, but that's also an eye test, man. Come on, your team is better when, when he's on the floor. So I think we got to start seeing him get closer to 30 minutes. Uh, but either way, I'm just, like I said, three-point defense, three-point shooting. Brooklyn doesn't have it, and the Mavs do, so... Yeah, I mean, there's a few stats you can just look at that like, wow, that's a gigantic discrepancy uh, in terms of, yeah, how the Mavs have an advantage here. They also are 11 and six straight up with a rest advantage. They do take advantage of that and 16 and four straight up last year as road favorites, just taking care of business in this type of situation. Um, They've won four of their last five against Brooklyn because they do match up well with two wing stoppers there who can at least make it tough on Kyrie KD. And because they have a guy like Luca, who, you know, just kind of like Giannis can just go at his pace, get to his spots. And there's just no resistance from the Nets on the interior right now, um, allowing a league high 58 percent inside the arc. So Luca, I hope he's not taking too many step back threes tonight because he could just easily his props at 32 and a half points. He's just expected to do whatever he wants out there. Uh, Joe Harris is back, which is a boost for for the net spacing. But his defensive rating is you know, one twenty four this year. It was one twelve in his last full season, so he's not all the way back in shape, or they, or it's just a lack of defensive cohesion altogether. <clears throat> and again, I go back to the Nets' offense on back to backs, often because one of these guys is tired or out. One of their big two. They only scored 107 last year. Just way down. They allowed 112. That explains the discrepancy. <clears throat> uh, about Christian Wood, I mean, I think they're worried about his longevity a little bit in terms of giving him 30-plus minutes. But also, the reason he's able to be so efficient is because he's only playing that limited amount of time. And he's got so much more energy, and he's such a matchup problem for these Nets right now. Uh, like if they have to put Simmons on him, if he's too quick for Claxton, uh, Claxton and Simmons are a disaster on offense with their spacing. So I don't really see a good path to victory for the Nets. Um, and I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if we get one of those guys resting or just their minutes managed uh, in this back-to-back situation. Yeah, 100% agree. I think one guy on the Nets who could potentially benefit from the fact that they don't have anybody to guard Christian Wood, um, they don't really have anybody playing defense in general, 
is Royce O'Neal. I mean, he hasn't done much on offense this season. I think he actually might be potentially limited in this game as well. Um, but he's a guy that you would expect like to come in and have a, a bit of a, um, you know, not a resurgence compared to Utah, but at least be a guy that was so crucial. And uh, what he does is what's so needed on this team. You thought he'd be able to, to help out there, but no, you said it with, with Dorian Finney Smith, Reggie Bullock, uh, especially those guys on the wing, um, you know, being able to, to really control defense a lot better than, um, you know, than, uh, uh, definitely Brooklyn just matchup problems all over the floor uh, for, for the Nets once again tonight um, just because this the roster construction is bad man so uh, yeah look the, the, we're going to keep fading these Nets we're going to keep fading these Lakers and it's not just because it's like enjoyable to watch stars um, and, and, and sometimes antagonists that we that we make up to, to do poorly but team chemistry is just too crucial man and you saw Kyrie yelling at Ben Simmons last night under the rim shoot it after he gave him the ball and Ben Simmons is standing four feet from the bucket and he catches the ball and turns around and looks at the three point line instead of going up with it and and Kyrie's literally yelling at him and then we see Russ getting into it with fans so that's going to be how I you know I feel pretty good about fading teams that we know can't really bring it stay together for a full four quarters uh, and play like a team so you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust Check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first prop of the night here. Desmond Bain, uh, yeah, with the Grizz taking on the Kings in Sacramento, that totals at 236, much higher than any other game on the slate. Uh, Sacramento, historically awful against shooting guards, as in historically over the last five years. They've been one of the worst teams out there, Bain has done his part, uh, averaging 23 points and nearly four boards on 57-67, 100 splits in his last three against Sacramento. That's on a 25% usage rate uh, and, and over just 28 minutes per game. But this year, it's been Bain and Ja, just I go, you go. And Memphis has been getting into some shootouts, including their last game where um, he had a 30% usage rate and scored 38 points against those sorry Nets. That coincidentally was the first time that two, t- two teams had guys scoring over 35 in the same game since the highest scoring game in NBA history, I believe. So uh, that tells you what you need to know about Bain and Ja being the offense right now for the Grizz. Uh, on the season, his peripheral stats are up too because he's playing more, he's getting more usage, he's averaging four rebounds and six assists. So if you want to just take over 19 and a half points, I think that makes sense. Uh, but I like either 23 and a half points, rebounds or, or assists because Sacramento's playing. They're, they're at the seventh fastest pace right now. They're 22nd in defensive rating. It's just the same old, same old where they're, they're getting up and down the floor and giving up a ton of peripheral stats in that sense. So Bain should be able to get there either way. If you like the Grizz to win, Bain 20 points in a win is plus 200, and you get slightly better odds if you take him 
five or six rebounds in the win uh, at FanDuel there. You get a nice bonus there at like plus 260. Yeah, Desmond Bain no longer a, uh, a a nice cheap DFS play as he might have been for a bit last season. I think guys were, everyone really was waiting for maybe Dylan Brooks to be the sort of number two in Memphis. Uh, Desmond Bain has clearly assumed that role uh, and, and is a very, very strong uh, another backcourt mate for Ja, who uh, I will talk about in a second as well. But for my next prop, Nate, I'm talking about Mr. Christian Wood. Once again, why not feel comfortable about him? We talked about him a ton in the uh, game video there about the Nets or the yeah the Nets and the Mavs over 19 and a half points for Christian Wood is minus 108 on FanDuel uh for just the 19 and a half you can we we talk about the rebounds with him as well Brooklyn has a terrible defensive rebounding team uh actually the worst re, uh, defensive rebound rate in the league so I, I don't mind adding the rebounds but just the 20 points for him that's probably going to be his average this season and what what was sort of a, a prediction according to a lot of models was that 20 points a game for him um and, and probably if he stays on the bench the sixth man of the year award um on the season 24 and a half points those splits crack me up 62 61 that's field goal and three point and then 63 from the free throw line like it's a nice stroke christian you got to be able to get your head game right at the free throw line 138 basically 139 offensive rating individually with a 31 percent usage rate across 25 ish 26 minutes a game not enough necessarily, but you mentioned in the game video, they need to, they, they really like saving Christian Wood and having him be that spark plug, making sure he doesn't get hurt as he has, but he's the most games he's played in the season is like 35 or 40 up to this point. So you definitely will want to make sure he's not getting hurt, bringing him in somewhat slowly. Um, but yeah, he's a huge matchup problem for these Nets tonight. 23rd in the league and points in the paint allowed are the Nets. They allow the, uh, the fifth most free throw attempts a game as well, which is great for Christian Wood, who you saw getting to the line about nine times in that last matchup that they lost to the Pellies, but he's still just crashing and, and, and getting a ton of uh, free throw attempts as well. So you got to like the points for him tonight against a Nets team that continues to be one of the worst defensive teams in the league. There will come a time to fade Christian Wood, but it's not here yet. It's not against the Nets team on a back to back that is just shown no fight um, on defense. I mean, they were decent against the Bucks, I guess, guarding the interior last night. Still gave up double digit offensive rebounds once again. Uh, like you mentioned, they have the worst defensive rebounding rate. <clears throat> they can't, they, they've given up the eighth most paint points right now and the uh, eighth most free throw attempts. So Wood's been living at the line and just been living off uh, feeds from Luca, who should have his way as well. So I also going to take another Mav here. Spencer Dinwiddie with the revenge narrative, plus just the fact that Brooklyn isn't guarding anybody. Um, the, the prop is at 15 and a half points for Dinwiddie. Uh, not the greatest odds there. I think you can add a few rebounds. 19 and a half is near even money here. Or the 22 and a half PRA um, because he is diamond people up. And look, he scored 22 in his last game uh, against the Pellies. Got 38 minutes because of the way the Pellies play. Uh I mean, Brooklyn's also kind of playing small right now. If they don't go with Claxton, then they're definitely going to be small enough for the Mavs to want to start or or play Dinwiddie starter minutes here. And the last time he played Brooklyn in this revenge spot, you know, the Nets sort of felt like he wasn't worth it coming off the ACL. He went for 22, 4, and 3, and that was starting alongside both Luka and Brunson usage monsters. Uh, this season, he has a nice 22% usage rate. He's averaging 18 points, so... You don't need many peripheral stats for him to get that 22.5 PRA. And we're talking about a Brooklyn team that's allowing 120 points per game. That allows um, the six most points to both point guards and shooting guards right now. And on a back-to-back last year, they they allowed their most rebounds per game, and they allowed 112. So 
it's a good situation to target a few Mavs players. Yeah, I was I was much higher on Dinwiddie to start the season. I haven't loved how he's played. I know he's he's still doing, you know, getting that 22% usage rate, which is what you would expect. Like he is the new Jalen Brunson, if you will. Um, it's just he, he's bigger. He's faster. But but Jalen was craftier uh, and definitely a better guy at, at dishing. So, yeah, the points and rebounds is definitely where you prefer um, to talk about Dinwiddie is he's really just turned into an off ball scorer at this point who, you know, can have the ball in his hands occasionally when, when he's on the floor with Luca, um, but he's more like I said, off ball with with when Luca's on the floor. Um, so I prefer the the points and rebounds there for him. As as you say, Doctor Revenge here. Uh, I'm never going to tell you not to go with uh, a, a, an angle that you are are seeing here for a revenge game for a guy like Dinwiddie. So I, I'm with you on the 19 and a half points and rebounds combined there. Um, I'm going to take a guy whose props are super high. But it's John Morant, so I'm not really that worried about it. And it's John Morant and the Grizzlies with their worst defensive rating taking on the Sacramento Kings with their ninth or eighth worst defensive rating, depending on how you look at it. Um, Jaws points, I'm going to take the assist. His his points, unsurprisingly, is 30 and a half tonight um, at minus 125 is the over. Um, definitely, they're trying to incentivize you there with that under 30 and a half for him at, at even money. Um, but, you know, I, I like the assist added in there as well. 37 and a half points and assists combined. He's, he's averaging 42 points and assists combined this season so far. I understand that it's only through four games, but that's 33 minutes a game with a 36% usage rate and 122 individual offensive rating. Like I said, scoring uh, 33 points a game in, or excuse me, 35 and a half points a game in 33 minutes, man. Like unbelievable. 55% from the field, 60% from three. And that's what we talk about with Ja. Is he going to come back down to earth? If he's shooting five threes a game and he's making if he's making two of them, is he going to come back down to earth? I think from the three a game, he's gonna. But I mean, he's also getting 11 free throw attempts, man. Like this dude is efficient. He's he's shot out of a cannon. And if you watch those games, it's not like he's just making nonsensical shots. He's controlling the entire game with his stop and start ability and his ability to get quickly into the air. Second jumps as a six foot three dude. I know I'm just like, you know, just giving him all the flowers right now, but I'm just really feeling good about him getting 37 and a half points and assists when he's averaging, like I said, 42 and a half of them. So, yeah, I mean, through one week, it's Ja or Jason Tatum as MVP. Um, That's where we're at. And Ja, it's interesting. It doesn't really matter the matchup, but it's interesting that he hasn't blown up against the Kings yet. Cause we, like I just talked about with Bain, they gave up a ton of points to, to point guards and shooting guards, both him and De'Aaron Fox have been quiet in the last two meetings. That's cause one of them was lopsided. And then you look at the previous one, John only had 12 points on 12 shots. Dylan Brooks took 28 shots in that game. And I think he got 30 points out of it, but I think they've had some conversations behind closed doors about Dylan, stop taking your stupid step back twos with a foot on the line instead of giving the ball to Ja and letting him run the offense. And the way the Grizzlies are playing this year, they can't defend. Um, so that has led to a lot more offense on both ends. Um, definitely would be scared to take the under on Deer and Fox either because of how we're going to be going up and down here. And I, I'm scared to take any unders on Ja until we see him go less than 30. Yeah. Um, yeah so the prop's still kind of low. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'll be I'll be one of the few probably what watching that game somewhat late at night tonight, but uh, still feeling like there's there's plenty of uh, action to be had in that one. Keegan Murray also making his first start for the Kangs tonight, so that'll be a pretty interesting game with uh, a lot of offense. Two thirty six and a half still the uh, total in that one. So that is all the time we have for you guys in this one. As we say, we're going to look to stay super hot in our last three days, twelve and two on these player props. So we will look to have a strong end to the week here. And until we see you next, happy betting. <laughs>